Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of WTM Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Stowe with Insider Perks here, as always, with Mr. Ben Quiggle from Woodall's Campground. You need a new title, Ben. I feel like I say the same thing over and over again. Like, can you be chief executive or editor in chief or like wizard of the news or something? I can't uh, be chief executive, but we can yeah, work on that. Separate division. So. Like, there could be a CEO just of Woodall's. You do basically all the work there, right? So, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then Kara brought again from the Canadian Camping and RV Council. And then we've got uh, quite a number of guests here who are going to go around the room, kind of introduce them, or, or Ben can do that, whichever way it works out. Uh, but we're going to talk about OTAs, uh, just the kind of the benefits of possibly using them at your campground, maybe some of the negatives too, uh, why they're important, things of that nature, and then some of the people that can help you connect with those services. And so remember, we are also a podcast available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all those kinds of places. Uh, so you can listen to us there, or if you are watching us on Facebook, feel free to comment in the chat, and we can interact with you, bring your comments up on camera. I'd uh, love to involve you guys in that discussion. So Ben, everybody else, take it away. Yeah, so I mean, I would go around and introduce everyone, but I'm going to kill their last names because I'm horrible with last names. I think no. Kristen, Kristen's last name is mine. probably the only one I could get, O'Hara. I'm not even going to try Eric's, and we don't even know he's, so maybe we'll just have him go around. We'll start with Terry. <laughs> Don't be hard on yourself, Ben. <laughs> we'll start with Terry, and uh, you just give us your name and just a little bit about what you do. So, Sure. Thanks for having us this morning. I'm Terry Broussard. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Spot Tonight, and we're a truly integrated and agnostic booking system that works with mutual partners through a direct API integration serving the United States. Okay. Yeah. I get, um, Kristen? My name is Kristen O'Hara. I'm the Director of Business Development for New Book, a property management system company. Um, and we have hundreds of campgrounds in the United States and thousands globally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you guys are based, New Book's based out of Australia, right? Did we are, mention? yeah. And we yeah. also have an office in Irvine, California. Okay, yeah. So, been quickly expanding. So, um, uh, Eric, uh, just give us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Eric Cargillotto. I'm one of uh, two people working on CampNav. We scan sold-out parks for new availabilities and then send text messages when they come available. Okay, yeah. Well, it's a fascinating uh, site, so it's going to be really interesting to talk a little bit more about what you do there. Um, and then Heath, since we don't have your last name, you have to you know, tell us Padgett. your last name and then what you do. So. Sure. Uh, my name is Heath Padgett. Can you guys still hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Usually it's my first name that nobody can understand. So it's like anytime I have to tell somebody my first name, it's like, it's like the candy bar or Heath Ledger. So Heath Padgett. Um, and uh, I run Campground Booking. Uh, we have a team of about 10 people. Uh, so I'm the co-founder uh, along with my CTO. Uh, so we're a reservation platform for specifically designed for campgrounds. Kind of built it while we were traveling around the country. Um, most of our core team were full-time RVers. So kind of went around parks, asked what they wanted, built out the platform. And um, we work with around 100 parks right now across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I get. Uh, and Heath, you're in. Uh, you have the most interesting background. You're in Moab, Utah, right? Correct. You're on a vacation. What's wrong with my background? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it before. Yeah. Um, uh, Fine. Chris, I'm going to move next week then, just for you. <laughs> and Kristen's on vacation too. She's in a uh, she's in a hotel ballroom. So I guess maybe I should have been on vacation. Um, Kara, are you on vacation? No, 
No, no, you're not on vacation. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't get the memo. I'm going on vacation next week, but I guess I'm a week late. So, um, <laughs> well, I, you know, we wanted to invite everyone on just to talk a little bit about OTAs and kind of um, the lack of them in the in the reservation in the campground space too. Just a little bit as far as you know, what makes it so difficult to maybe create an OTA in the in the campground RV park sector? And I guess um, Terry, we we could just start with you. I guess just tell us a little bit about what Spot Tonight does and how you kind of work as an OTA. I guess and you sure. kind and you integrate with New Book, right? That's correct. We sure do. Yeah. Um, be clear. Have we told everybody what an OTA is? Just for yeah, the people who might not know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, you want me to cover that, or you don't want the you don't want to take? Yeah, it? If, you, if you. I mean, I, it's online online travel agent, uh, Expedia, correct. Travelocity, TripAdvisor, those kinds of places. Basically, a third party booking system that allows you to connect with more guests than would otherwise be at your own booking system. Sure. That's, sweet. That's it. And, and I'm humbled to be surrounded by so many experts in the field. I consider myself probably a newbie here, but although I am a on my fourth RV, so I'm coming really from a frustrated consumer side. And uh, the history of Spot Tonight is just that. My son-in-law and I, who's my co-founder, Sam, we were sitting on the side of my RV, all dressed up, ready to go on a Friday night in South Louisiana. He says, let's go camping. And I said, when? He said, right now. I said, okay. Here's my phone. There's four pages of apps, directories, websites. I have all that. You find a spot. Good luck. And much to his amazement in South Louisiana, um, you know, it, it, we're a heavy camping state and you cannot just pick up and roll out. Uh, so that began our journey. That was uh, 18 months ago into discovering and talking to campground owners about how it all worked. And soon I got savvy real quick on all of the background systems. Uh, my background, uh, interestingly enough, is I'm a registered nurse. I've had a uh, almost a 40-year career in nursing, including 21 military and another 10 civilian, and uh, but a master's in public administration, information systems concentration. So I knew that there was some connection there. We reached out to some integration partners that we're connected with, such as New Book, and realized that they had APIs available. And so we started coding to that, and we launched now about five weeks ago, and we're we're integrated with uh, New Book, finishing that up, uh, as well as uh, um, RMS and Checkfront are our partners. So we're constantly recruiting parks and onboarding parks. Yeah. Um, and uh, how many parks do you guys have on the system right now? So right now we have access to roughly through our integration partners about 1,500 parks there. We're in, uh, just picked up another six on Friday and another group. So that's going to put us in upwards of 30 states and uh, close to 60 some odd parks in the <coughs> system right now. And what that, the, the way that our system I failed to mention is unlike playing Google RV parks next to me and someone finding a spot and loading all their filters in and then only to come up nothing. In our app, you load your, your preferences one time. And there may be a hundred spots near you or a hundred parks, but if none of them have a spot that meet the traveler's requirements, why bother, right? So yeah. uh, we serve up those sites that uh, meet the traveler's requirements and literally in about eight to 10 clicks, uh, you can book a spot. So um, it's very intuitive and I think, uh, well, I know Kristen's seen it, so uh, she's sold on it and uh, we hope that other systems join us as well. 
I guess, do you guys integrate with anybody outside of a reservation system, like individual parks that maybe, or are you guys just integrating with reservation systems at the moment? Right. There are other ones that do that. We do not do that. We require on that API integration so that the campground manager doesn't have to respond to a text or an email or run yeah. back in the, you know, in the purest sense, I, I tell the campground managers, you know, if a tree falls on spot one, two and three and you take it out in your system, it's taken out in our system. So we're subordinate to their platform um, and basically are putting that booking availability in our traveler's hands. Okay. I mean, I've talked with other, so I know of a couple other individuals that I'm not going to name um, that have started projects to do something like this in the outdoor sector. Um, I think yours might be the, the furthest along or the, the best model so far that I've seen, at least on my end, maybe there's something out there that I, that I don't know of um, that's focused, you know, specifically on the outdoor hospitality industry. I guess uh, what, uh, I mean, I, it's surprising that we just don't see more of this, I guess. What, what's been your interactions with reservation systems as you try to get them to, to integrate with your system, I guess? Well, it's been extremely positive. Obviously, we wouldn't have got this far. And we are a very neutral party to the reservation systems. We're very protective of any data that we swap mm -hmm. and exchange. Uh, so I think that it's a part of building respect uh, with those companies and showing that we are a good partner to partner with. And uh, our team of developers are extremely qualified at what they do and uh, produce very minimal drag on those systems and we have clean integrations. And so I think that's the key uh, to our successful launch, uh, like I said, nearly six weeks ago. Um, I think that they're ready to have a neutral partner help them out along this line. And uh, the fact that we don't charge the parks at all. Um, you know, it's a, uh, so for those mutual clients, there's no cost at all. And uh, so I think that that's, you know, we're all in the same business, right? The reservation industries want to see reservations. The travelers like me want to see easy booking and want to find parks. And if we bring those two customers together in a common app uh, at the click of 10 clicks, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, I guess, Kristen, now does New Book have like its own booking platform or do you guys just go through other booking sites? What? Did you not research New Book quickly before the show? Well, I couldn't find any, but I didn't want to assume that there wasn't any. So I'm going to ask Kristen. So, so I think um, the biggest thing from my perspective with OTAs is how the property management systems and reservation systems are structured. Um, our system has the property management that runs your day-to-day -day of the campground. On top of that is the online booking engine. So that's what pushes out your availability out to the individual website for your campground. What NewBook has in addition to that is what we call our channel manager. And what that does is kind of like the intermediary area between the property management system and any other OTA. And so by having that channel manager, it helps to be able to connect to multiple different booking platforms. One of them is um, Spot Tonight, could be Expedia, Booking.com, Airbnb, and having that channel manager there is what gives you that ability to push out your rates and availability to multiple um, different channels at once. Yeah. Um, 
I just feel like, you know, maybe an OTA uh, offers more exposure for a campground than maybe somebody's own booking platform. I guess, what are your thoughts yeah. on, on that? I guess. Well, I mean, if you look at the amount that. of money that's being spent by the OTAs, I mean, if you look at booking.com and Expedia in 2019, they spent $5 billion each in marketing, right? So individual campgrounds can't come close to that. So the ability for you to be able to put your inventory out online and have Expedia and booking.com and all the other big players out there do the heavy lifting for you is a great way to get a new customer in the door. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't want to... You know, I know there are um, reservation systems out there that do have like their own booking platform um, that they market. Um, I guess, uh, you know, what I mean, some of them are growing pretty, pretty good. Um, and there's definitely some reasons why they don't necessarily want to integrate with an OTA. Um, I think some campground owners don't like the fees for OTAs. I guess, do you guys charge, Terry, do you guys charge any types of fees for any of this stuff? Not, no fees at all charged to the campgrounds or parks. We do all of that marketing. We have a, an extensive digital media uh, group that works with us to target that. There's no fee charge. We do charge the travelers a small convenience fee right now. It averages about three to $5 for that booking. We cap that at $20 right now so that if they're going to a an, to an expensive resort park where it might exceed that it's capped at 20 and we actually are on a glide slope path with advertising vending as that gets up to really do away with all of that so that we will truly be just a neutral agnostic no additional fee uh, type booking but like booking.com like what you mentioned Kristen they do charge oh, yeah. fees um, <laughs> you know don't they get yep. pretty expensive sometimes <laughs> The commission fees can range from 3% up to about 18%, depending on the OTAs that you're going through. And that's really what I tend to tell my customers is think about that as a way of doing marketing, right? Because again, if you're having somebody else be able to do that, that marketing for you and you're taking off a slight fee off of your booking, it's a way to get a new customer in the door. And your job then is to be able to convert them into lifetime customers with you directly. Um, and so, especially in the hotel industry, which is my background, that's how, that's how most people look at that. And then once they come in and they're raving fans of your property, then you convert them to come back, book through your website, book through all of your other channels that are direct. I guess from that perspective, though, I guess from the consumer's perspective, don't they feel like maybe they get better deals at like a booking.com versus booking directly? Like maybe there's like some sort of deal they get. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's really that. It's the ability to be able to look at a lot of inventory yeah. in the area at once. That's, yeah. I yeah, and I, I would just chime in my experience in dealing with, you know, when we were at the Florida RV Super Show and we had hundreds of travelers come to the booth, it's the ability to look across all of those different reservation systems that, you know, really is appealing i think to the traveler and again to myself you know uh that that because let's face it i don't know that many rv campers know um the background business that we all know as the reservation industry they may not know that kristen has some fabulous resorts in in her system and they would have to go to a new book system but in a in a totally agnostic world like an ota all of those resorts 
uh, appear and the travelers can set their preferences and, and see all of the great resorts that, you know, and like Kristen said, then they become a traveler for life. They may get one exposure through Spot Tonight and then suddenly they're all going to uh, one of her resorts, you know. Well, and I think we've transitioned to a time from the consumer perspective where they're willing to pay those fees specifically mm -hmm. because or for the convenience of being able to see all of this inventory in one place because it's such a monumental task to seek out campsites any other way. So they're willing to pay those fees. And, and I do think there's a barrier there. And maybe this is Canada specific more so, but I think Canadian campground owners do, do, that's this number one response I get from them typically is I don't want, you know, my, my customers to be charged more fees to, to be able to book online and whatever else we can take their bookings by phone and blah, blah, blah. But there is a, an appetite on the consumer side and a willingness to pay those fees. Um, and, and we need to kind of break down the, the communication barrier there, I think a little bit specifically in Canada. I think I would just add that in my research for the outdoor hospitality conference and expo, there was a great reference article and Kristen probably has heard it being in the hospitality industry and as well as the other panelists that it was about 65% of travelers. I think it was preferred online booking for their hotels, which yeah. then we can also generate contactless check-in because we do have proximity base. So when the traveler approaches a campground, the campground has that ability to have a standard code sent to them, their spot number. They don't have to go to the store and stand behind the gentleman that wants marshmallows and, and uh, Hershey bars for the s'mores tonight. After driving all day, they can just go right to their spot. And that's the that's the beauty, I think, of OTA integration with, with uh, like all of the companies here on the panel, certainly with with uh, those that have that ability to send info. Absolutely. All right. It's been far too long since I played devil's advocate on this show. So since all you guys are all fluffy, happy, go-getter OTA people, I'm just going to jump in here and play the opposite end of the spectrum. Not because I necessarily believe it, but because like it needs to be said, right? Because there's opposing viewpoints on both sides of everything. So mm -hmm. our first yeah. thing is that you guys are talking about, cool, it's awesome for the consumer to see all of these RV sites in one place and be able to book. And I agree with that but it's not great from a campground owner standpoint. Why do I want them to see all seven resorts that are right down the street from me? Why wouldn't I just run Google ads and let them see only my site? You so want me to take that, that or you want, uh, I'll, I'll be glad to jump in because I can tell you, Ben, I, you know, I, I talk to campground owners all day. I burn my phone up and I have uh, so many, so much feedback. Uh, well, first off, because it gives you a competitive edge with, with a $0 cost investment, right? Their marketing, uh, I think as Kara said, you know, market charge, you know, figured out as marketing. Um, I know they don't have the big bucks to spend on all of the marketing. And it really is about marrying, uh, about marrying a traveler who may have not known about, uh, in our case, perhaps up here in North Louisiana, Grand Acre, uh, because it's maybe eight miles off the interstate. And so yeah. when they're driving down the road, they see that proximity. So those are some of the pitches that I give them. And I also tell them, what do you have to lose? I do all the work. My OTAs integrate and provide clean. If they don't have a spot, you know, they don't have to save spots for us because that's the beauty of that. And really in the essence of it, that time that that person's taking a reservation on the call, there's studies that show how many people fall off. I don't have that number right at me, uh, but you know, there's people just don't want to listen to it. I think, uh, our friends over at RV Miles really gave a great story about wondering if people will ever call them back or they have to go fill propane 
and they can't uh, do that. Or I know not to call campground owners in the morning because they're picking up the rounds. They're looking at who's closed. Yeah. So I think that if I were talking to Brian as a campground owner, I would say, why not? It's clean integration. It's technology. There are people that are willing to pay for that. <coughs> and that's what brings, brings the travel to your campground for free. Well, and frankly, Brian, as a former campground owner, I would say, like Terry said, th there's no cost to me to do it. So there's not a ton there's of time. Risk. And, time. and I, I, I did uh, Google ads and, and still did some of that really targeted advertising stuff on top of that within my strategizing to, to multiply the amount of exposure that my park was getting. That can't hurt me. No, so, so that's that's my point though, right? So you did the other things too. The problem I have is not, to be clear, before we continue on this path, okay? Terry, I'm very supportive of your app. And integrating <laughs> oh, I know that. Great way to get other people's exposure, but I also think that there's a, like it needs to be said, like we deal with so many campgrounds, I do marketing for 300 plus campgrounds. And almost every single person who comes to me, whether they're a small park with 18 sites or whether they're a huge company, like a hedge fund with 350 sites, they're barely doing any marketing at all. They're not running Google ads. They're not paying attention to their reviews. They're not posting on social media. They're not doing all these things that should be arguably done first. And then you go to another place because you've already maximized your own place. But right. there's no or point. You, or you can do them all at once. Yeah, tonight. exactly. To Expedia when I can get a customer for 10% from Google ads. Correct. However, right. in, a, in a true agnostic OTA environment like booking.com uh, for the hotels, you may not know that there's a hotel downtown near that conference center you need to be. The same thing with camping. Uh, you may not know that there's a new spot right there that you didn't know because they don't do advertising. So right. we're That's a, a reflection on them, not you. Correct. But we're at a generational change. And of course, here's the baby boomer talking to, you know, obviously different generations across the whole spectrum. But, you know, that that the tech savvy traveler is out there. And I, for one, never really liked hollering across the the, uh, con the uh, cabin of my RV to my wife and tell her how many times have I said it's 50 amps. OK, so we save those profiles for you in our device and, and all of the others and become a frequent traveler. And so it works well for the campgrounds. And, um, you know, again, it's a free download app. So once again, on the traveler side, what do you have to lose? Download it for free. Take a look at it. Give us a shot, you know, and try. 100 agree we may find Cyril's, Cyril's campground. Yeah. I don't even have a campground. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, on the consumer side, you have no argument for me. It's fantastic for the consumer. And I feel like if you run a good RV park, you shouldn't be afraid of being listed next to your competition because they'll choose you naturally. So well, you would be more afraid that your competition is going to be in the app and you're not. That's what we're finding now is the groups are coming on. Many of our customers are some of these large groups, but yet we do have single you know, uh, individually owned parks that we support. And um, so we, we do service that whole spectrum. I call on individual owners and sometimes I stumble across one that is a whole big group and we're blessed to join them to the traveling family. I, I was just gonna say the same thing. In a lot of ways, the, the it really kind of helps to level the playing field where you can be listed and really competitive with a bigger, you know, operator or a, or a corporate, you know, group that 
you know, runs 80 parks or whatever, those guys have, have it down. So as a single uh, operator, you know, small family run business, I'd love to be able to be listed right next to those guys on a site and, and have the same kind of exposure that they, that they do. Yeah. Um, well, I'd like, um, maybe we get Heath and uh, Eric in here a little bit. They haven't talked at all. Eric, you're pretty quiet. Uh, you're, you're speaking about things that are a little bit outside of where we typically work. So. Yeah. So I, um, just talk a little. Where so you're not, yeah. Tell so us you're where not, you are. You're not a typical uh, OTA in the, in the sense of like spot tonight. I guess just tell us a little bit about Camp Nab. It's kind of an interesting service that you guys provide, um, which I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit too. So. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm partnered with uh, a good friend who had an idea because of a personal problem he had. Uh, he wanted to park at, uh, camp at a provincial park and nothing was available. So his wife hit refresh for hours on end and found a spot. And mm -hmm. uh, so he said, you know, we don't need to do this with your finger. We can, you know, find a programmatic way to, to deal with this. So uh, a few years back, we, we were over for a barbecue and he said, I've got this idea and I think people would like it. And I said, yeah, it's neat. I, I don't think anyone's going to care, but yeah, we, we could try it. And uh, turns out a lot of people really, really want to find a campsite and it's pretty hard to find them in, especially national and provincial parks. Um, we're typically seeing the, the busy ones get booked in under a second on opening morning. So like sold out. So, um, but over a season, like, in, in a single day, you'll see thousands of cancellations come up. So there, there are certainly spots out there. It's just impractical to hit refresh on a browser window all day long uh, manually. So your system does it for them, right? Like they pay a fee for like a, you guys have like plans, right? And, and they pay a fee and then you guys pretty much do that for them or at exactly. least try to. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's actually funny, just while preparing for this, I was getting alerts for a campsite for this Friday. And I said to my wife, I could book it, but I got to get on their show. So I missed that <laughs> one. But uh, something, something else should pop up. But uh, yeah, they, they can sign up for a single scan if they'd like, or they can scan on a plan. Um, we run them monthly or annually, depending on what, what folks prefer. And, and then those vary by tier. So and run more scans or more frequently or what have you. So. Great. Do you only work with public parks then, or do you I work with private parks too? Or? Okay. Right now, it's only the, the the public ones, and it's partially just a matter of how challenging the integrations are. There are so many different systems, and it's kind of a persistent uh, challenge just to keep on top of all of the idiosyncrasies of those systems. And then also, during COVID, it becomes even more challenging where parks policies are changing all the time, so booking systems are doing all kinds of funny things. So. We'd like to expand. It's just a matter of each one makes the job more challenging. So, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on because I knew you mainly focused on public parks. Um, but you know, um, what would it take to integrate something like that in the private park sector? And I wonder what private park owners would <laughs> would think about that uh, that system. I guess so. I, I can't speak to that well just because I'm the, there are two Eric's and I'm the non-technical Eric, so I don't know what <laughs> the logistics of that are. Um, I, I think it, it's, we've had a few private parks reach out with interest and such, but again, I think it's just, I, I can't answer it properly because I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. smart in that way. Um, so. 
I speak to campground, private campground owners every day across Canada. Um, there is definitely an appetite for uh, integrations. We're working hard actually with Heath's group to uh, establish the OTA at Gore in Canada. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely mm -hmm. integration talks and stuff in the works. I think it's, you know, it's vital to make that national reservation system and trip planner tool incredibly kind of dynamic and um you know the, like we said earlier consumers want to see as much inventory as possible in one place and that requires those integration partnerships um and and it is there is a barrier to you know there's so many kind of gears in the in the machine to to all work together to make that happen and and consumers I get asked all the time by consumers, like, why is this not easier? Why is there not already a, a great tool like this here in Canada? Why is this not a thing? Um, the the nuanced necessities behind the scenes to build it and make it work and have everybody in the group, you know, have the best case scenario for their uh, individual uh, needs is it's a lot to balance and and I have to commend to Heath and the guys at Campground Booking. They do a, a great job at balancing all of that. I don't know if Heath is still on. Is he? He's still here, but his video got turned off, so I just flipped him off, so we wouldn't have to be, have okay. the odd seven people on. So. Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I think there's definitely an appetite for it. I know camp, I have campground owners ask me all the time, like, when can the software program that I use integrate with this mm -hmm. booking system? Like, I want this yesterday um right. so it's it's a big uh project but i'm pretty confident and hopeful that we'll get there yeah so i mean i guess would would campground owners i carrie used to be a campground owner you know would you mind a system like camp nad coming in and like it i don't really, know <laughs> nabbing sites yeah it, there's there's I would need some clarity on kind of how that works and things. My park was specifically had limitations about, um, you know, site sizes and what types of RVs could fit where and, and things like that. We would have to have some pretty strict parameters in place to make that happen. But I do think, you know, mm -hmm. those, those tech guys who know much more than me can uh, set up those scan systems pretty efficiently nowadays, I think, to be able to function within those parameters and feed those sites to folks specifically who fit them. Um, I think for me, I, I have a lot of personal faith in a system like that, but perhaps other campground owners maybe who don't, would that, that would be a barrier for them. I think that's very common and difficult for them to learn. Um, Con control of who gets which site when go. Um, there's a lot of things to balance. Sometimes there's events, there's group bookings, there's, uh, you know, one time in my park, I had a, an area of my park flood and I had to scramble to find new spots for everybody who was supposed to come to that spot. Like things happen and I mean, <laughs> it can be a logistical nightmare. Um, obviously that's an extreme circumstance, but uh you know there's a lot of variables that a campground owner has to consider before they make a choice like that for sure i should note that with a product like ours it, it's a little bit different in that we don't do any of the booking whatsoever all we are is a notification service so effectively know. all we're saying is if someone wants to specify with their filters that i need a space for 
an RV of this length at this park on this date, we mm -hmm. simply tell them when it's available and then it's up to them to do the booking. So, right. you know, how do you, how do you make revenue, Not, Eric? I'm sorry, I, I missed that, Brian. How do you make your revenue off of that? Well, uh, it's a, it's a fee that is paid by the, the user of the system. Oh, that's right. Okay. I forgot. Yeah. They were paying the membership. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's another business idea for you, right? So you don't want to do the APIs and stuff or you can't, or it's not logistically possible or whatever for all the reasons you talked about, right? Uh, with the private park for now anyway. Uh, so if they're coming to Camp NAB, as, as I understand it, basically to get provincial and state uh, park sites and national things and stuff that are in high demand and they're probably sold out, right? If they get to the point where they're looking for a place and it is totally sold out, why don't you form a partnership with a state national association like CARE and the Canadian Camping and RV Council uh, that, that lists their members' parks on your site as a backup? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, your search is full. Here's links to the other members in the area of the association. Then you can track those and actually show people that they're generating revenue from you and charge yeah. a, a association and or the parks mm -hmm. listed there without doing direct booking. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a good idea. And it's something we've we've discussed as well. Um, ultimately, at this point, it's just been a matter of trying to keep our core business functioning as well as possible. But it, I think it's kind of an obvious next step is to to be able to drive some of that traffic and, and also give um, campers an option if they're if they can't find what they're looking for through our service. Yeah. Brian, Brian charges a fee for any ideas that he comes up during the show <laughs> that people utilize in their own business. Uh, so he'll be contacting you afterwards yeah, to go through good. the details. Yeah. I make I make millions off of the bear idea. I just know <laughs> you guys know, so. Hey, can um, I just I want to go back to one of Kara's comments there yeah. about being concerned from a park owner perspective mm -hmm. about the automation that's that's kind of coming at those guys. Uh, these integrations are extremely clean with yeah. uh, you know like with New Book and our integration partners. Uh, I can put a 55 plus age-based traveler in a 55 plus age-restricted park in a 20-foot trailer with a right side slide out that we get that specific who wants bocce ball um, we, we can literally do that or one that wants a zip line so um, you know so I would I would just say to the park owners uh, again the automation is uh, you know it's just bound to happen and, and I'm sure the same with Heath at, at campground booking they get very specific on the filters and the clean exchange of data um, it, it's quite remarkable I think yeah that's that's one of our barriers now is establishing that confidence from the campground owner side um, and and I think we're working hard uh, to do so, and they are really starting to see that um, benefit mm. services. So we just have to kind of keep talking about it and and sure. continue demonstrating success at at you know he has some great numbers about from parks that have great booking response through those tools already. Um, and as long as we kind of continue demonstrating that, I think you know there's no way to stop it from continuing to grow and get better. So I do have a question, uh, Terry. How do you actually track and tell the campgrounds that the reservations are coming through you besides the fee? Is there a way that they can see like analytics, Google Analytics or? They actually, they actually shows up on their booking screen as a spot tonight okay. reservation. And we pass okay. a, a uh, we pass a uh, payment token to show it is paid and guaranteed by spot tonight. And so it's a, it's a clean data exchange. You know, we can't, uh, we can't begin to go out to our integration partners and, and pass a uh, 
you know, partially complete reservation or that would be the end of it. I mean, nobody would want to use this because you'd have campers arrive with incomplete data. So as we built this, you know, we, we have discovered, okay, we, we really need to know this, that, and the other if we had things that were missing. And, and uh, our coders were able to address it. And uh, so I think we're really within a couple of weeks of new books completion there of full integration for that system. And then we continue to look to the next system. And then okay. from the property management system side, once a reservation comes in, because we, we integrate with hundreds of OTAs. Uh, globally, all different industries. Once the reservation comes in, it drops in as a reservation, and it just is a field there that tells us where the reservation came from. So, Spot Tonight, Airbnb, Expedia, sure. all of those. So, it drops in just like it would off of their own booking website uh, into the system. Because it's an API. That's what I, yeah, I, and I had forgotten yep. about the API. So, yeah, I'm thinking yep. about like tracking ads and not having that direct yeah. funnel. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess um, Heath, you, you know, we haven't really spoke with Heath <laughs> at all. So he I guess he's got a different background now too. He went inside. So uh, I think I like the other background better, but um, oh, this one looks pretty fan. nice too. <laughs> but um, I guess, yeah, we can hear you. I guess cool. just give us a little bit. So so just give us a little bit about what you guys do with Go RV in Canada and how you're trying to help them integrate, I guess. Sure. So our core focus as a company has been on the reservation system side. So 90 plus percent of our attention is really just on um, in a lot of ways similar to, you know, a new book focus where we're focused on serving campgrounds, helping them run a more efficient park, increase revenue, save time. So they're not phone calls um but part of the part of when we looked at the space a few years ago um it was like hey there's a lot of really great camping review sites and other people out there who effectively are driving millions of views and and lots of campers to parks like campground reviews go it's like go rv in canada that are a great resource for people who are planning trips and there's not really a way to complete the loop so what we did was we built um other products and partnerships um with Gorvin Canada so we built a trip planner and a white labeled booking engine product so effectively um we were able to greatly increase the um the existing traffic on Gorvin Canada site as well as the number of trips planned and ultimately be able to close the loop through our booking engine so that parks are able to actually start seeing um you know those conversion on the back end of reservations that are flowing through that partner site so that's kind of been our focus in Gorvin Canada they I mean a lot of they're a trusted partner in the space you know uh chris and i have had lots of good conversations around like otas and direct dmos these are all terms you know in the hotel world direct marketing organizations and that's kind of what garvey canada is it's a trusted resource in canada uh for specifically you know camping and rving and things like that so um people trust that it's a place <coughs> that they can um you know go and, and know that it's a source of truth from that perspective so that's kind of how our relationship has been to date with uh garvey canada um, yeah, I mean, I guess, Kara, you've been working pretty closely. Do you work closely with them or go RV in Canada? Kara uh, fell oh, off. Kara. I think her internet went out, so she'll be back, I'm sure, as soon as she can. But I, I, I didn't want to intrude, but I, I, I did want to jump in on the conversation earlier and, and yeah. um, just around, like, uh, Brian, what you brought up, uh, kind of playing devil's advocate, because I think we toe a line somewhere in the middle. It's like, uh, around the OTA conversation. And there's obviously huge value there. Um, but 
I, I'm, I was, I've been super interested. There's a really good article um, called The Definitive History of Online Travel Agencies that was written okay. on skiff.com. And it's about a 45 minute blog read. So it's a mammoth post, but it's super fascinating to go and read like 20 years ago, what happened to hotels and things like that. Because effectively OTA start out as, you know, your helpful partner. And that's kind of the theme, like very low fees and things like that. And then as more and more traffic is owned and, and they have more authority in booking.com and things like that, like those fees start going up. So effectively they're at 5%, 10%. Now they're 25% mm -hmm. and they're buying the rooms because they have that kind of leverage. And so now there's kind of this movement on the back end of that, which is um, a lot of hoteliers coming together and say, hey, it's all about book direct. Like if you, if you look at a lot of campaigns that many hotels are doing now, you go to their website, it's like book direct here for the best rate and effectively try to, and, and hotels can do that in a lot of ways because they have their brands and they're not mom and pop is for the most part. But I think that that's an interesting um, kind of conversation to figure out like what's going to happen in the campground space. Is it going to be marketplace driven where you have somebody that owns the inventory on both the consumer and mm -hmm. The, the 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 inventory side is it going to be OTA driven, um, you know, or is it going to be a, a smattering of all of the above? So, Kristen, I, I think you probably on this call have the most experience in the OTAs. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I've I've played in this space for a long time. I was in hotels when OTAs started kind of taking over, and I've seen kind of the all full circle. Um, you know, I guess the question I would have back to everybody is when you're booking a hotel, where do you go? And I'm curious to hear everybody's response to this. When you decide, like, I'm in, I'm just north of Fort Lauderdale, we're on spring break with the kids. When you're trying to plan a vacation, let's say you're, you know, a lot of you RV, but everybody stays in a hotel every once in a while when it's not COVID. Where do you go? So, Brian, that would be my question to you. When you're going to a hotel, Marriott.com because I'm a Marriott.com because I'm a platinum and I get grades and all kinds okay. of stuff. Same. Okay, perfect. Where does everybody else go? I, you know, I go to Google. I mean, I, I, okay. I pretty much Google everything, uh, and then I use their Google Maps thing to, to search out different things. I mean, that's just what I go to. Um, gotcha. So that makes sense. Keith or Heath, sorry. Uh, we do IHG or Marriott because we're reward members. So if there's that hotel in the area, that's where we go as well. Do you go to those websites or do you go to Google and see which Marriott is around that area? We go to that specific Marriott.com and go to that portal yeah. and log in and, you know, log how in. many points we have and how many yeah. nights we can yeah. get and stuff like that. Yeah, I do that too. Eric? You're going to hate me. Um, I go to Expedia and check what's available and then I go directly to the hotel. I, That's what I, I do. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I, I find if if something goes wrong, I figure it's easier to deal directly with the hotel than than the OTAs. So. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, Terry. I think I left you out. Yeah, that's okay because I don't get to travel much, right? Uh, yeah. No, no. I do. Uh, I, I start with a lot of Google. I like to look at the. Uh, maybe it's my military background. I like to look at the Earth around the place and see what hotels yeah. are near there and see what the the risks are and uh, you know right. and then I find that particular park or I do, um, you know, an Airbnb or something like that, you know, again, OTA. Gotcha. You know, so when I go to look um, for some place to stay, I do go to Google first and I look to the area and I see the hotels that are around there. I'm a Hilton Rewards member, so I always mm -hmm. try and look through Hilton if I can. But I also go in, I'm looking at Kayak, I'm looking at Expedia, I'm looking at all the different channels just to see what the trends are. 
I know there's rate parity across all of those, so I know that they're always going to have the same rate no matter what channel I'm on. Um, but using those as resources is really key. And I think that there's just so many customers that use them on a regular basis. A lot of them that aren't from the travel industry that don't know all of the benefits of that. So you're getting a customer base out there that's just, I think, kind of important for you to be able to have some sort of sight lines over to that. But when you actually do your booking, I, I go direct to the hotel because now the hotel industry has proven through all these rewards programs that you're going to get the best deal there. You're going to get preferred upgrades. You're going to get a lot of different amenities by doing that. So that's why I, I still think that having a listing with an OTA is important because you're getting that sight lines into a customer base that wouldn't normally have found you, especially in this industry. But when you're looking to bring in that booking, you're looking to try and get them direct. Either you get them direct the first time where they book with you direct or they come secondarily to do that. What I like about Spot Tonight is it really kind of mimics um, Hotel Tonight. And so when people were traveling last minute, it takes that last minute inventory and really helps to book that, which is, I think, really important when you're an RVer, you're on the road, you're trying to find something nearby. It's a different way of doing things. I think, you know, both Carrie and Eric have hit kind of a niche in the market that's pretty unique. And the fact that they're attempting to help be able to find uh, accommodations for people that are in a unique circumstance. You know, they want to go to a, a park that's, that's booked. They want to find something nearby that they can stay from the RV perspective. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, Heath, but th those are just some of my, my thoughts as we're chatting through about OTAs and, and how they're utilized in both industries. Yeah, I mean, I that makes it like, I'm sorry, Heath, I, I, go ahead, please, for a second, if you want to. Oh, do. no, I, I was just echoing saying, yeah, no, that totally did answer your question. I, I did have a follow-up and, and, uh, and then I want to, you know, obviously let, let you go, Brian, into your show. Um, but you know, Kristen, like one of the other things I'm curious about is like, where do you think that campgrounds will have a comfort level around fee structure? Um, you know, when we first started as a reservation system, it's been like a little bit of a moving target. And we've actually started looking at more flexible models that basically we want to be able to generate and run a good business by providing value to our campground. So our business is not in it is not relying upon, you know, out marketing the campgrounds and out FEOing them. That's Carrie's job at Spot Tonight. Um, and so I'm curious, like, what you think about, by the way, is it, I'm, I'm hearing a big echo. I don't know if it's, are you guys hearing that? Yes, a bit, but it's, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, so, Chris, I guess I'm curious, like, when you think of reservation systems and OTAs, there's some people who are kind of pulling both lines here and they're trying to be both. Like, at what point do you think that you have to pick a side? Because effectively, like, giving someone a free reservation system and then outranking them on their own Google AdWords feels to me a little bit slimy in a lot of, like, just I'll say it, like, it just mm -hmm. seems like that's where some people are going. And I'm like, really? You're giving me a free reservation system, but you're charging 10% to be listed on your network so then you can out Google me? It's just like, it's kind of messed up. So I'm just wondering at one point you think these are in conflict with each other or that you think campgrounds will actually notice. This is why this yeah. conversation needs to happen though. Everybody falls on one side or the other and nobody thinks about the middle. Yeah. Well, I, I would say that we're in the middle because here's what we do. We give you the tools to run your business. So with our system, we give you a way to run your property. We also give you a way to be able to put your um, bookings on your website. If you decide to, you can use the channel manager to push your inventory out to all of these OTAs, whatever is important to you at that moment. So 
in my opinion, I, and, and that's, again, that's how all of the hotel industry has always been, is we always give you the tools to be able to do what you need to do best. You are the campground owner. You know your campground better than anybody else. You know your market better than everybody else. You know what kind of bookings that you want to come in. So in my opinion, I think that's the best model. I think that you should be able to give people the tools sure. to do their job, but not mandate that they have to do anything outside of that. Oh, I completely agree with that, Kristen. Like, I think that's the best model forward. Like, cause I can toggle on and off that channel manager if I want. Like when I, when yep. I'm saying like devil's advocate or not devil's advocate, I think that the more exposure you can have, the more places you can have it, the better. But I yep. don't think people should be relying on like, I'm just going to turn on spot tonight and then I don't have to do anything else. And my marketing's done right. for the year. Just like they did for 40 years with I'm going to put an ad in Good Sam and I'm going to walk away and my marketing's done for the year. Right. Like I, yeah. We're fighting this battle 10 years later after I started my company. Like I was looking at a client this morning that spent $1,000 in Google Ads last month and I can prove through online advertising only, not even phone calls, that they made $18,000 as a result of that. Dollar to 18. Wow. And they still want to spend great. more money on Google Ads. Yeah. But they want to do Rover Pass and they want to do like this site and that site and this site and that site and this site. So, and again, I know it's different with spot tonight because it's not a percentage to the campground, but you see my point. And we do the advertising for them. Like I just got an alert that our, our um, carousel ad is running. So all of you, because you've mentioned spot tonight, will probably thank me later for something appearing in your Facebook from us. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just the way it goes, right? Um, can I just go back to a, a quick note that Heath mentioned that, you know, and, and also Eric and the technology change. And uh, I learned, again, I, I say this, I learned every day, I learn every day from our park owners. So there are some park owners that don't like same day online booking. Um, I, for whatever reason, I, you know, I don't know that, but I'm convinced again from my old hospital experience days that I know there's a bed in the hospital somewhere. I just have to find it. Same thing with a campground. I know there's a spot out there. I just have to find it. So actually, uh, I had a campground owner tell me, why would people do that? She says, I'm actually going to direct them after hours to your camp uh, to, to spot tonight. So when they drive at the end of the road and they get to my park, I don't have to take them by myself back mm -hmm. to the office to do all the booking. I'm just going to tell them to go to spot tonight and I can see immediately that they've paid me and I can just drive them right to their spot once I let them in the gate. And so there's some neat technology like that again like where eric and the integrations with our you know the partners about how we can leverage that to help people get that spot and that's really what it's all about it's about bringing all these all these customers together like i said right which is fantastic i just i just don't want people to get complacent it's like facebook right like i did like facebook controls all the likes on your page you don't do what you control right. first, do it well, and then expand to everywhere else that you can expand to. And you can do that really quickly. You don't have to wait years. I guess social media should be called social mediators, right? Instead of media, because really it, it, it's powerful as we all learned. Well, but we made it powerful just like the hotels made Expedia powerful, so. Yeah. Wow, that was a good discussion. <laughs> It's been fun. I've, I've had a great time uh, <laughs> and met I mean, some new people. <clears throat> I've learned a lot more about reservation systems and OTAs than I thought I would ever know. So, um, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, I, um, I guess you know, on the, it's interesting that more campground owners don't want to, you know, sell a site the same day, especially since we've been 
that dynamic pricing is taking over and um you know they they i think we've heard people talk about you know more sites you know maybe if you have a gap in a i can't explain it very well maybe you know you so can i play devil's advocate here for a minute and just on the campground please join the party yes I just have to say, as a former campground owner, there's there's lots of factors that go into that choice. A lot of it comes down to things like manpower. And you know, if you yeah. can know that you have 72 site turnovers today, then you staff for that. And and so or maybe you have a big event going on in the park, or there's all kinds of variable things. I had limitations for how many like the entrance to my park, I couldn't have any encroachment onto the road. So if if I had a lineup to get into the park, I had a serious problem on my hand. I sometimes had the police show up and be like, you're blocking the highway. <laughs> like, so, you know, there's, there's all kinds of variables that impact those kinds of decisions. It's, do I have enough staff? And frankly, with COVID, that was a big issue last year. Do I have enough staff to uh, keep the bathroom clean the way that I, I'm expected to? Do I have enough staff to service my customers yeah. to the level of, of customer service I want to provide them? And and how do I plan a, in advance well enough for those things? I mean, there's, there's variables here. And so I just, I want it on the table. The, it's not an arbitrary, like I don't think anybody's out here wanting to turn business away, but there are factors that go into those kinds of choices for them. Right. I think what, yeah. I'm, what I'm gonna say is the change in the trust with everything, right? Like there's like you, there's so many different, I mean, I can hear it in my head, right? All the forums that we're in on Facebook, people saying that I don't wanna accept a guest last minute because like Kara said, there has to be the staff, but I don't wanna sit in my office till 10 o'clock at night. I don't wanna have to worry about security or guiding. They don't know that. The technology from Terry is available to make that basically autonomous, and they've right. never experienced it. So even if you tell them that, they haven't seen it work with their own eyes. This is yeah. not a camera mm -hmm. thing. This is a change thing for anybody. Yeah. Sorry, Heath, what were you going to say? I feel like I cut you off. Well, I was just going to say that uh, I think maybe my latency back because I can't jump in as quickly as Brian. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes that changes too. So I don't think that a lot of campgrounds is like a hard and fast rule. It's like I, I know some of the parks will go and toggle that in, maybe on peak season or or what have you. So I think yeah. it's one of those things that's like those are constantly moving targets for campgrounds, and like their processes are going to change, and you know, like one and they'll reevaluate them. So it's like, hey, you know, how many people did we come in last minute? And also, I think if a lot of parks aren't used to online reservations and don't have like they don't realize like a lot of those processes have been automated for them. Then they're thinking last day bookings. Oh my gosh, this is going to require so much work versus, you know, like having a tool that, you know, sends out automated emails after the fact so that you don't need to have somebody there, you know, like it may take some time for those things to change. That's just my perspective. Totally. It's so much yeah. about establishing that confidence in all of these tools and the only way we can kind of continue to do that is have these kinds of conversations and also mm -hmm. you know get more and more campgrounds to uh jump on board and and that that's happening because there's such an appetite from consumers for that automation for those online bookings the consumers are going to speak with their dollars i say this all the time they're going to go to the parks that give them the services and efficiency and you know stuff that they want and and so that will motivate more and more operators i think to um you know put their to dip their toes in the water and, and test things out for themselves 
Yeah, I mean, it's all about hard data and the availability that it is for you to show that campground owner that it's working, whether it's in person with a no hassle overnight or whether it's through a data in Google Analytics that says whatever. And so APIs is the way to go. I mean, it's yeah. like you, there's so many people who manually manage the reservations on Airbnb, right? Well, I don't know what the percentage is on Airbnb, 20, 30, I don't know, whatever the percentage is. Booking.com, whatever example you want, but it's all manual. So what mm -hmm. you don't know is whether, yeah, Airbnb is bringing me traffic to my cabins, but could I have got that traffic or that reservation for 15% if I had run Google ads? And, and you just, like the numbers and the data is there if you integrate it right and use APIs and things like that. But campground owners don't know this. They don't understand and, it. And frankly, they don't have time to know it. They work a hundred right. hours a and they're tired. And they shouldn't, they don't shouldn't have to. <laughs> right. That's also part of the problem, right? Is that they won't spend the money to like, let's just be selfish, right? They won't spend the money to hire somebody like me because I come across as expensive, even though I can give them these answers. So, and it's not just me to be clear, right? It's spending money in new book or anything, but. And I'll also say, I don't think it's about, they won't spend the money. Sometimes it's, it's not a choice for them, right? That not everybody has that kind of budget sitting around. And so, you know, learning those things, there's all kinds of resources that, you know, not everybody has access to. And, and I think um, it's a, it's a big monumental thing to look at this mountain of all these terms that we're throwing around on this, this call right now. I mean, that stuff alone to dig into that and learn all about it when you already work a hundred hours a week. I, right. Just, this is my point is why you need people who can help you at the Canadian Camping mm -hmm. RV Council or Insider Perks or Woodalls yeah. or Spot Tonight or whatever. But those very people need to be able to prove mm -hmm. to you that what they're charging you, if anything, is actually mm -hmm. worth your money. They need to renew their membership in the association mm -hmm. or hire me for another. Like, And if you can do that, yeah, you maybe you don't have the money, but maybe you don't have the money right now because you're not doing your advertising right. And if you right. did, then you have the money. So yeah. Yeah, those things build on each other for sure. Sure. Yeah, it's all a come. That's why I keep talking about the circle of everything and why I'm willing to help everybody long term because mm -hmm. it'll come back to me. I don't need it to tomorrow. So. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, well, Brian, did you have any more questions or anything? I don't have any questions. You don't have any questions. Yeah, you I never just do. Get up and I go along, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're the well, uh, like I'm just Kara, did you have any more comments or questions or anything? Um, not specifically. I apologize for my connection in and out today. I definitely missed I think some valuable stuff. Um, so I'm gonna have to rewatch and see um what I missed. But anyways, I uh, I apologize for that to everybody here today. That's okay. I mean you can't you can't uh uh, you just need to get a backup Wi-Fi system, Kara. That's all. I know. That's all we expect from you is just a backup Wi-Fi system. Yeah. Yes. So I'll give you this week if you don't let app yeah. forget. Yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, I think that's about everything. I think we tackled a lot of stuff. Um, just thanks everyone, Kristen and Keith and Eric and Terry for being willing to come on and just mm -hmm. talk a little bit about OTAs and and your companies. So it's been great. Um, touching base with all of you. Thank you very much. A really good discussion. I appreciate you guys all showing up here. And again, like, you know, yes, you were missing for a little bit, Kara, but when you were here, like, it was important to hear that campground under perspective and things because that really yeah. kind of, yeah. So, good. Yeah. yeah. 
But. Yeah, so cool. I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I think we're taking next week off due to Easter Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you being in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, well, I'll be in the Grand Canyon, and then I think we'll come back in a couple weeks, and we'll be talking about just news from around the industry. So it should be pretty good. Um, so thanks, everyone, for watching, and I hope everyone has a good rest of the week. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep.